Hey tryhards, Ethan here. Before we get into the show today, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys will be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and this week I am joined by yet another special guest. Please welcome from the Curly Critics Podcast... Carrie's work. Carrie, welcome. Hi. How are you doing today, Carrie? I'm good. I haven't done much today, but I'm good. Uh, me neither. <laughs> uh, so this week, listeners, Carrie and I are going to be discussing gifted kid burnout, which is something I've talked about before, but I wanted to dive into a bit more detail. So let's jump right into it. So Carrie, what uh, can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself? I'm Carrie. <laughs> I have a podcast. Um, this is such a hard question. <laughs> um, uh, I'm studying right now to get a biomedical engineering degree, and I graduate in May, but then I'm going to go get a master's in theology because Ooh. I decided that engineering wasn't good enough or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, my dad has a master's degree in divinity, so you're in yeah. you're in good company there. <laughs> um, so Carrie, what um, so when people describe like gifted kids, like it's more of academically gifted. Is that was that true for you? Or were you gifted in a different way? Yeah, I would say it's definitely academic. Our school, like my elementary school growing up, had a gifted and talented program. Oh, same. That we were a part of. Yeah. So it was definitely an academic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what was that like for you? Like, how did that affect, like, your thought process and, like, how you viewed school? Yeah. When I was in third or fourth grade, I can't even remember... Me and, like, six other kids sat in this room and we took a test to just see if we were good enough at math to skip a grade in math. Mm -hmm. And so we all, like, ended up skipping fourth grade math. So then I was a year ahead of everybody in my class for math until I graduated. So I got in my head that I was really good at math, which is why I picked to do engineering Yeah. when I got to college. Right. I was like, oh, math is my thing. Mm -hmm. And And... You get to college and I realize that that's not exactly what engineering is. And it's not exactly, there's a lot more involved. And so oh, yeah. that was a big shock. <laughs> Definitely. 
and it's just throughout school like school was so easy to me that it was just boring almost yeah that's definitely a shared experience for me and like i actively like went out of my way to challenge myself when i was in school like because i didn't want it to be boring so that was sometimes more difficult to do because since yeah it was about that same time like since i was in fourth grade i'd been a year ahead in math ahead of everybody else so like you i decided to pursue a stem field in college i'm a computer <laughs> science major so um there's a lot more involved like you said than i originally had planned on like i thought college was going to be just like high school where there were going to be a couple of hard classes here and there but you know it, it wouldn't be like a, a horrible experience like horribly hard and here I am, struggling. <laughs> yes, definitely. So was it like, what was that culture shock for you discovering that like this is not going to be as easy as you thought it was? Yeah, I go to a small school that like specializes mostly in STEM and engineering we're a polytechnic university, so we have a lot of engineers and a lot of aviation majors. And so the school itself is difficult. And that's what the professors tell us all the time. It's like, it's okay, the school is hard. But I remember sitting in my first calculus class as mm -hmm. a freshman. And I was like, I've taken two years of calculus in high school. This is going to be easy. And then I got a B in the class. And that was just a big shock of... I'm supposed to be good at this mm -hmm. and this is not working out. Yep. And so there's a whole lot of self-doubt that comes with that. Oh, for sure. And just like, I thought I was good at this one thing. I put my identity in being good at this one thing and that's not even what I'm good at anymore. Yeah, that that is a feeling I am all too familiar with because like I've grown to expect like good things for myself like I have high expectations of like what I can do academically so I expect like to get A's and, and B's in in class and when I don't that just kind of it it pretty much hurts like there's really no other way I can describe it it just hurts me yeah I graduated from high school in the top 12 of my class I was fourth in my graduating class because school was just so easy and when you take AP classes they're all weighted higher and so the whole grade system is ridiculous but that, that that's me... a whole different conversation yeah the but the school system gave me an inflated sense of ego same almost, where I was like I'm good at this and then it was difficult to like coming in to a school and where like college school where coming into college where everybody is like being good at something at some point and we're all taking the same classes and realizing that not only am I not as good at this, but my professors don't realize that I'm supposed to be the best at this. Mm -hmm. And just like suddenly going from, I was that smart kid in high school to just another one of the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel among the other computer science majors, because there are many of them who know a lot more than I do. 
because they've just had more experience overall, and I just haven't had that. So it's kind of difficult to adjust to that. Yeah, and engineering, it's a lot of people, the farther up you get, the more people who've, like, had internships and are like, well, I've done this all the time. There was a kid in my my classes who was like, yeah, I've been doing biomedical engineering since, like, junior year of high school. Like, this is all fun, like, easy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I don't even know if I like what I'm doing. And you're over here, like, with a job already. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've... I know people who have had internships since their junior year of high school, and I've never had one, which I'm like, I can do what these people can do. Like, why haven't I had that chance yet? But, you know, at the at the same time, like, I've, I've had to tell myself more than once that people are going to learn and progress at their own pace, and that you shouldn't compare yourself to others when you're not them. Which is easier said than done on yes. most occasions. <laughs> Definitely. That's, like, my mantra. <laughs> like, I can't be those people because I'm just starting and I'm going to get there at a different pace than them. But it doesn't make it any easier. Oh, no. Definitely not. Like, I have always based my success on how good I was compared to other people because I was just better at things in school than a lot of other people were. So as a result, I just was like, hey, I'm better overall than these other people at this thing that we're all doing together. So therefore I'm just the best. And, like, it kind of created a, it created this mindset for me that I was the one who was supposed to have all the answers. Do do you, do you feel me? Yes. Like, people would come to me with, like, academic help and, like, I, when I was younger, I actually tutored a couple kids, um, not for very long, but, like, for for like study sessions, I would help people um, with stuff that they didn't understand, like in elementary and middle school and high school. But then I get to college and I'm like, I'm the one who needs to be tutored. I don't know <laughs> this stuff. Like, and it's, and that's what I think is part of the, the foundation of my unwillingness to ask for help. Do you have that same experience of not wanting to ask for help because you're supposed to know the answer? Yeah, there were multiple times in my college classes where I would sit in class and like start to freak out because I didn't understand what was going on Mm -hmm. and then have to like remind myself that of course I don't know what's going on. I'm literally learning this for the first time Yep. right in this class period and that by the end of the class period, I'll probably understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's just very difficult for me to not pick something up immediately. Yep. Um, my my mom likes to tell this story, um, and I think I get it from her. So when she was younger, she liked to watch Sesame Street. Like She's four, five, six years old, and she sees Big Bird on ice skates. And 
she goes up to my grandma and she's like, hey, mom, can we go to the ice skating rink? And my grandma's like, okay. So she packs up my mom and her three sisters into the car and they drive to the ice skating rink. This is the first time my mom had ever put ice skates on. (laughs) And she kept falling over and over and over again, as anyone who has ever put on ice skates for the first time will do. And she just didn't understand why she couldn't do it exactly like what she had seen on TV. Because my mom is like me. She's just good at a lot of things. And she didn't understand why she couldn't just pick it up immediately. Yeah. I did band in high school, too. And that was another thing where I never practiced. And then I was always getting upset because I wasn't good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I should be able to just play this instrument and get the music to sound the way I want it to. But that's literally not how band works. No. Like, I never did band. um, But, like... I was a I was a two sport athlete in high school. I was never very good. Um, I never made like varsity or anything like that. I was always JV. Um, but yeah, I understand where you're coming with like the practicing because like if there were days where like I had to skip practice because I had to test, I just wouldn't do good in whatever in like the next meet that I had because I didn't put in the work. And that's that's the thing about people who have been gifted is that we haven't had to put in the work a lot of the time. So we don't know how to put in the work when we have to. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed too that I have a hard time paying attention in class because I'm like, this should just be easy. Mm-hmm. I don't need to sit in a lecture for an hour. Right. You teach me, especially math classes. Yeah. I zone out really hard math classes. I'm taking a linear algebra class right now, and I literally brought homework for another class yesterday to do during class. And then I was like, I should probably pay attention because I don't really know what's going on. But yeah, (laughs) yeah. In my um, in my computer engineering class, my professor has no like inflection in his voice at all, so he's just very boring to listen to. So. I've done that also. Like, I've worked on homework for other classes in his class just because even though it's, like, it's one of the classes I really... It's one of the classes that has been not as easy. It's honestly probably better for me to, like, read the textbook than and, like, do the labs and the homework than to pay attention in class because... He just goes over the reading. That's pretty much all he does. So I'm just like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think you have a better handle on how to like, overcome the inability to ask for help than you have in the past? Uh, I want to say yes, but I can't even think of the remember the last time I asked for help so I I get that asking for help is partially a I should know how to do this on my own and then a partial I am very anxious talking to people and the idea of going to my professor and asking for help is more of a stressful experience than Mm -hmm. it needs to be and so I would rather just not oh yeah me too like 
like I I don't know if this is just um I it, I now know it's not just a me thing but like I see it as like I am not capable of doing this on my own and like I can't figure it out so I'm it's almost a last resort mm-hmm. um like I have no other recourse I need and like going to a professor for help is just it seems like I'm admitting defeat. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I think the last time I asked for help was during my junior research class. We had to, we were doing a test on squat, the way the body squats or something like that. Mm-hmm. We had to write this program and it wasn't working. And so we like went to our professor and asked for help. But that like was after intense, like, we can't do this. We're about to have a breakdown. Yeah. This project is due in two weeks and we don't know what we're doing. And I was like, if we had asked for help earlier, we wouldn't have had to go through that emotional stress and anxiety, but we didn't. So. Yeah. Like I had a breakdown and then I went to my professor because, uh, so last week I had a project due and I, hadn't started because I was just feeling really depressed and I had no motivation to do anything. So, and all of a sudden, uh, the project is due the next day and I've barely gotten anything done. So I'm like, oh crap, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, and so I had to go to my TA, like, and almost like with a tail between my legs and like, hey, Riley, um, this project is due tomorrow. I need help. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah, I had a similar experience. I'm biomechanics is the like study of how the body moves and like finding the forces on the joints and all that stuff. Yeah. And that was a class that made me realize that I didn't like engineering. Oof. It was mostly MATLAB. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if you've worked with MATLAB. But I know of it. It makes me want to die. Oof. But the first semester was all that. Then the second semester, we were using a different program. But that was right when COVID hit. And Mm. so we weren't doing in-person classes anymore. And I was at home. And Mm -hmm. we had a final project due. And it was like the day the project was doing. And I couldn't get it to work. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to fail this class. And I don't even want to be taking. Yikes. And then so I was like asking my professor for help. And then he was like, you just need to do this one thing. Like, check this. And I was like, I checked that like a thousand times and it's not working. Mm-hmm. And like four hours later, I checked it again and it was like wrong the whole time. I was like, dang, this is so upsetting. <laughs> that is very upsetting. Like, And that was a big moment of I'm just dumb because he was telling me what to do and I just didn't fix it. And so there was a lot of like self anger that came into that oh yeah yeah definitely been there just that moment when you do something wrong and then it's your fault instead of Mm -hmm. i just didn't learn that right or i wasn't paying attention enough right that happens to me a lot where i'm like i took a quiz the other day and i got all of the questions wrong because i didn't read the instructions right yeah that's me for like a lot of the quizzes and tests that i've taken because I'm just like, oh, okay, so I'll read, like, the first half of the question and be like, okay, I understand this, and then, nope. So, like, what yeah. I what I had to do was I had to, 
like once I was done with all the any tests that I've taken, I've had to go back again and like reread the questions just to make sure I did it right. <laughs> Which, you know, I was, I've always been one of the first people to finish a test. So I've usually had time to do that which is fortunate, but if I wasn't one of those people, I feel like that would be really hard for me to do. Yeah. I'm usually the first one to finish the test, and I usually only check my answers because I don't want to be the first person to turn it in. That's also part of it. Like, because I'm curious, and I think we might have the same, like, experience with being the first person to turn in a test, what does that feel like? Like, if you're the first person to turn in a test... Because you don't, if you're checking your answers because you don't want to be the first person to turn that in, what is that, like, what is the outcome if you, if you do, like, if you just turn in your test first out of anyone in the class, like, what, is, what do you think that says? It's hard to explain. Yeah, it's usually, there's usually two lines of thinking. Either everybody's going to think that I'm super smart. Mm -hmm. Or everybody's going to think that I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm just going to turn it in. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's usually the one that I'm like, people are going to think that I'm dumb <laughs> if I turn this in first. Which doesn't make any sense because I'm right. the first one to turn in the test. Right. And then I, I think I might have like undiagnosed ADHD because a lot of what messes me up in those situations are like tiny errors that don't that like gradually add up. Yeah, me too. And I think that maybe why like I'm missing these tiny details is because I have that. I mean, it's it's not like professionally diagnosed. I haven't been professionally diagnosed with ADHD yet. Um, it might be <laughs> worth it to check into, honestly. Um, but I don't know, just based off of my experience with people who have ADHD, um, like I just never thought that I did because, um, the, this, the specific example I'm thinking of is my sister who definitely fits the hyperactive part of ADHD and I'm not that way so I'm like I can't have ADHD I'm not like that <laughs> yeah both of my brothers have ADHD so I wouldn't be surprised if I also had ADHD it's just it like manifests itself very differently in guys and girls yeah and that a lot of girls go a lot later in life before getting diagnosed because mm -hmm. for guys it's mostly I'm hyperactive and I can't focus and that's how like my little brother we found out he had it because we were like trying to have a family meeting. He just literally cannot, could not focus. Right. And like, I don't necessarily do it like look that way, but there are little things that I'm like, this could be that. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you heard about this, um, but they've like gotten rid of ADD and they just rebranded it as um, inattentive ADHD. Oh, I haven't. And, and yeah, that, it was relatively recent uh, because my girlfriend is in a psychology class and she was telling me about that. And she did like a little questionnaire with me about inattentive ADHD because I'm like, well, maybe, 
you never know. And like by the little, from the little questionnaire that she did, there were like ten questions, I think. And if you got five or more, like if you answered yes, it was like yes or no questions. And if you answered five or more with yes, then you then you did, or at least you were more likely to. I answered yes on nine of them. <laughs> oh. So that's what made me think it may be worth getting it checked into. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten that far or anything. I went to like the school counseling last semester and she was like, Yeah, you have an anxiety problem. She like made me take a test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh <laughs> I mean I knew that, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um actually, you know what what's funny is uh earlier this week I went in to um like my, my college health center for um because I had earwax blocking my left ear. And um, the nurse who was helping me out did like a little like mental health questionnaire. And she asked, one of the two questions she asked me was, Ethan, um, do you ever feel hopeless? And I was like, well, yeah. (laughs) And that put up a red flag for her so she like got some other questionnaires for me to fill out and like eventually i um i'd like filled out three of them and i just the, the nurse came to me and was like you have moderate depression and moderate anxiety and i'm like yeah i've been professionally diagnosed since i was 12 years old thank you for that <laughs> but you know, it's a, and then good good things came out of that. Um, like I was able to like talk to counseling services and start getting telehealth, which is good. But yeah. All right, so Carrie, we are approaching um, wrap time. Is there anything that you would like to say to any listeners out there who might feel like they either can't ask for help or feel like it's a sign of weakness to do so? Just ask for help. <laughs> It's going to save you so many problems, so many tears, if you just ask for help. If your professors want to help you, just do it. <laughs> no one's going to care that you ask for help. That's all. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, my own podcast, the Curly Critics Pod. Listen to us. <laughs> Her and uh, her co-host Jade talk about a, a bunch of different things. Um, it's like, what are some things that y'all have um, y'all have gone into? Because I've only listened to a few episodes. Yeah, we mostly did. We review books, movies, and TV shows mostly. We just recorded an episode on hidden figures. Ooh. And then we did Bandstand the musical, and. We've done Hamilton, we've done Soul, we want to do Star Wars books, so just everything. Very cool. Um, Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Carissa's Word everywhere, basically. Perfect. Um, thank you listeners for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hulen, that is H-U-L-E-N. 
you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, the uh, AT Phone Home, the O's are zeros, the E's are threes. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Carrie's Word signing off. Thank you.